They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 4 of Soul Food titled Wisdom. In this episode, we're going to talk about the rank of the prophets, peace be upon them. We'll talk about what it means to have true wisdom. And finally, we'll talk about appreciating and understanding the sunnah, the prophetic way, in a new light. So far in this season, we've been looking at understanding unseen realities and the importance of perceiving life and the world that we're in and the experiences around us through the lens of Iman, through the lens of faith, which is essential because without the proper spiritual faculties, our souls become confined. It's like being in a dark room underground where you can't see or hear anything. Without Iman, our souls which have even more powerful faculties than our sensory perception, our souls become stifled without iman, without nourishing them and nurturing them with faith. So as we talk about unseen realities and these things of the heavenly realm, the question might arise, you might be wondering, how do we talk about these unseen realities and know that it's really true and that it's not just some subjective experience? Well, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent prophets and messengers. The prophets are the key holders who open the doors for us to the heavenly realm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows them these realities. And because we know that prophets and messengers, if they're true prophets, they're truthful, they're trustworthy, they're people of integrity, and they're validated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through miracles. That when they say, I am speaking on behalf of the divine, I'm speaking on behalf of Allah, glorious is his majesty. Then people will say, well, what's the proof of that? Then Allah gives the prophets and messengers miracles. So we know that Allah is validating them and that their claim is true. So they are the key holders. They are the ones who connect us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are the recipients of revelation and divine guidance. So when they tell us of something of the unseen realities and their truthfulness and trustworthiness has been proven to be true, then we know that they're real. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us of the rank of the prophets in the Quran. And specifically, many of the prophets, this verse talks about the prophet Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Allah says, مَن يُطْعِ الرَّسُولَ فَقَدْ أَطَاعَ اللَّهِ Whoever obeys the messenger has truly obeyed Allah. وَمَن تَوَلَّ فَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ عَلَيْهِمْ حَفِيظًا But whoever turns away from the messenger, 
then know that we have not sent you, O prophet, as a keeper over them. You're not responsible for them. Your responsibility is to convey. But then Allah tells us, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and all the previous prophets, that they are only conveying to us what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded. So when we're obeying them, we're obeying the one who sent them. Glorious is his majesty. And this shows the level of legitimacy that they have and what prophets represent. Now, all the prophets were human beings and they experienced regular human conditions. All of those that are befitting of a prophet, such as sleepiness or getting sick or experiencing happiness and sadness and so forth. They are human beings, but they're also very unique. They have a distinct rank with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's important for us to appreciate that and to understand that because then that helps us really appreciate revelation itself and the depth of wisdom and guidance that they came with. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Ali Imran verse 164, لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا Indeed, Allah has done the believers a great favor by raising a messenger from among them. رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ That he recites to them his revelations, meaning Allah's revelations. وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ And he purifies them. وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ And he teaches them the book and wisdom. Some scholars say the book is the Qur'an and wisdom is the sunnah, which is really interesting that it's synonymous. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more, inshallah ta'ala. وَإِن كَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلُ لَفِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ For indeed they had previously been clearly astray. So the Prophet he recites Allah's revelation to us. He is the one who is entrusted with purifying us spiritually, and he teaches us the book and wisdom. And in today's world, there are so many voices that are claiming to represent progress and equality and all of these virtuous things. But we're seeing that their claims are often empty, or at the very best, they're very limited. But they're often just empty and not even true. But when you look at the wisdom of the prophets and what they've come with, their wisdom stems from the ocean of revelation. Which brings us to the next point, which is true wisdom. Wisdom is so much more than just mere information. Wisdom is harmonious with truth. That you can't have wisdom without truth. Imam al-Ghazali, may Allah have mercy on him, he defines wisdom as being able to understand the greatest things in existence by way of the most virtuous types of knowledge. That you understand the most important things and that you have the most virtuous and noblest type of knowledge that helps you understand those most important things. And he says, and there is nothing greater than coming to gain knowledge about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the highest form of wisdom is to learn about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Learning about the greatest 
the greatest thing there is to learn about. And using revelation, which is the most virtuous type of knowledge, to gain that understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you understand that, no one has wisdom like the wisdom of the prophets. And there's this absolutely remarkable hadith I want to share with you. And this hadith helps us understand the extent of the Prophet's knowledge and wisdom, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It's narrated by Imam al-Tirmidhi and Imam Ahmed and in other hadith collections. And Imam al-Tirmidhi, he said that it is Hasan Sahih, which is a very high level of authenticity. It's on the authority of Sayyidina Mu'ad ibn Jabal, may Allah be well pleased with him. The hadith is as follows. It's amazing. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was delayed one morning for the Fajr prayer until we could almost see the sunrise. Sayyidina Mu'ad ibn Jabal is narrating this. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam then came out and immediately entered into the prayer. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam then prayed a brief prayer. And after he completed the prayer and said salam, he said to us, stay as you are in your rows. I will inform you of what delayed me this morning. I awoke for the night prayer, the Prophet ﷺ is telling us. I awoke for the night prayer, made wudu, then prayed what was decreed for me until I became drowsy and was overtaken by sleep. I then saw my Lord in the most beautiful way. And it's possible to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in dreams because dreams don't occur with the eyes. It occurs with the inner eye. The soul is perceiving things in dreams. So I saw my Lord in the most beautiful way, the Prophet ﷺ said. And he said to me, O Muhammad. And I said, At your service, my Lord. He then said, What is the highest assembly of angels discussing? I said, I do not know, my Lord. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeated the question three times. Then, this is an amazing part of the hadith, I saw my Lord and he placed his palm between my shoulder blades until I felt the coolness of his fingertips in my chest. It's an amazing description the Prophet wasallam gives us in the hadith. But it's important to know that this is in no way meant to be understood anthropomorphically. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is completely unlike His creation. He is so far above in His perfection and in His reality uh, than His creation is. So He is completely unlike His creation. And scholars say that what this means is it indicates that Allah manifested giving his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam very special kinds of knowledge so that's why it was described in this particular way what the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says next is extremely important he says then everything became apparent to me and i came to know wa'raftu and i came to know so then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks again, O Muhammad, and he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at your service, my Lord. And Allah asks, what is the highest assembly discussing? 
Now previously he said, I do not know my Lord. But then now he's been given all this knowledge. I said, they are discussing the acts that expiate sins. And Allah asked me, what are those acts? I said, footsteps that are taken to pray in congregation, the jama'ah praying at the masjid, sitting in the mosques after the prayers, whether in dua or reflection or dhikr, and making wudu when it is difficult, when it's really cold, for example, and you have to make wudu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then asked, what else? The Prophet ﷺ said, feeding people, these expiate sins, these remove sins, kind words, and praying at night when people sleep. Then Allah said, ask, sal, which means, O Muhammad, O Prophet, ask me for anything that you want. And then the Prophet ﷺ made an amazing dua. He said, Oh Allah, I ask you to enable me to perform good actions and to leave aside wrong actions. I ask you love for the poor and that you forgive me and have mercy on me. And if you decree a punishment upon a people, then allow me to live and die without being afflicted. And then he said and ended this with, I ask you for your love and the love of those who love you and the love of actions that bring me closer to your love. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said to the companions as he's narrating this vision, this dream that he had, this is certainly truth, so study it and teach it to others. This brings us to the final point, understanding the sunnah. When you realize the extent of knowledge that the prophets have been given, you begin to understand the wisdom of following in the footsteps of the prophets. And the Prophet Muhammad is their Imam. He is the foremost among all the prophets and messengers. So following his sunnah, understanding his sunnah, is not merely just a to-do list but that he وسلم, has been given oceans of knowledge and wisdom that go far beyond empirical knowledge and sensory perception related to this world. It is something else entirely. So we should look at the sunnah as something noble and beautiful and deep and profound and transformative and not as something that's merely just optional. It's the way of the Prophet, the way that he lived, his state of being, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa wasallam. There's a passage from Dr. Mustafa al-Badawi's book called Man and the Universe that explains the sunnah and how Allah made spiritual perfection so accessible to us. The passage is as follows. The sunnah represents the very perfection of human behavior. For besides his function as divine messenger and legislator, which is exclusive and inimitable, meaning that only belonged to him, وسلم, he also lived the roles of orphan, shepherd, merchant, father, grandfather, warrior, political leader, 
and husband of women both older and younger than himself. At times he was poor to the extent of not having cooked food in his house for weeks on end, while at other times he was rich to the extent of being able to give away a valley full of sheep. He survived mortal dangers, plots, and immense hardships, saw all his children but one die before him, began his migration as a fugitive hiding in a cave, and eventually returned to Mecca as a conqueror. This leaves almost nothing of what human beings think, feel, say, or do without a clear model to emulate. So ultimately, the sunnah which represents all that is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the way of servitude and devotion that is most perfect, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the most, and it is the path to receiving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love. Allah says in Surah 3, verse 31, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ Say, O Prophet, to people, if you sincerely love Allah, فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ Then follow me, and Allah will love you. وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ And He will forgive you your sins. وَاللَّهُ غَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ For Allah is all-forgiving, most merciful. So this brings us finally to the call to action. The call to action is in appreciating and really understanding the wisdom and the depth of prophetic knowledge is that we're going to put into practice this dua of the Prophet ﷺ that he received in that vision, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his love. So inshallah in the show notes, we'll have the dua in Arabic, will include the English transliteration and the English translation. And the call to action is to continuously put into practice and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his love with this dua from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah to increase us in reverence and knowledge and appreciation of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and of divine guidance and revelation and that Allah makes us people who are guided and a means of guidance for others. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm or search for Soul Food in your favorite podcast player. And while you're there, take a minute to leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show.